podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Monday the 27th of June, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change location, access things you geoblock from while also keeping your data safe. If you check out LibertyShield.com and use the code EPL25, that's EPL25, you will get 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the code EPL10 or RED10 to get 10% off at checkout. Right, folks. It is Monday. Hope you all had a very pleasant weekend. Didn't do anything too crazy. For those of you in Ireland, I hope you watched all the GAA that was available to you at the weekend. Some excellent games of football played over Saturday and Sunday. Hurling next weekend, so that's always to be looked forward to. Championship is getting right to the latter stages, so that's very exciting. Wimbledon starts today for the tennis fans out there. I believe there's cricket going on, but, you know, who cares? Uh, but the transfer window officially opens at the end of this week, which means that a lot of the free agent signings, James Tarkovsky to Everton, deals like that, they will get done. They will get announced on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Sam Johnston to Crystal Palace, Fabio Carvalho to Liverpool, deals that we know are pretty much done. They will get announced over the weekend. So in the meantime, we're just filling space. And today, we are going to look at the final four teams from last season's Premier League. Tottenham, Watford, West Ham and Wolves. And what they could do this summer. Then tomorrow, we'll look at the three newly promoted teams, Bournemouth, Fulham and Nottingham Forest. Now, Bournemouth have upset my apple cart. They have signed Joe Rothwell from Blackburn, a player I thought Burnley should sign, and then Burnley bought Scott Twine. I thought Norwich should, should sign, but now Bournemouth have signed him. So to keep things updated, I've now got Norwich down to go for Tom Davies from Everton, who I think is desperately in need of a move to reignite his career and get himself back on track. He's a different type of player to Rothwell. He's a more energetic box-to-box player, probably a little bit better off the ball than Rothwell, not quite as good on the ball, but he is considerably younger, and he does need a move. He really does need a move to just freshen up his career, and you put him next to Hayden in midfield, 
for Norwich, that's a pretty good pairing. That is a pretty good pairing. So uh, let's look at Tottenham then. Already three players done. So I have them down as needing seven players. Starting right wing back, starting centre-back, second starting centre-back, starting central midfielder, a backup striker, a backup goalkeeper, a future starter in goal, and that was the seven I needed. I, I thought they needed to get this summer. Four starters, three death pieces. Now, the first signing they made was Ivan Perisic, who is, in their system, a left wing back. Now, I didn't mark that down as, as a position of need because they had Regulon and Sessegnon. But Perisic is an upgrade on both of those. And if you're signing an upgrade on a, on a player you already have, even if it's not necessarily a position of need, you can't really criticise the move. This is not like me criticising Arsenal for going after Rafinha because I don't believe Rafinha is a better fit for Arsenal or a better player for Arsenal than Bakayo Saka would be. Of course, Arsenal fans will tell you, well, one will play one wing, they'll play the other wing, and that's fine. But you're moving one of them to their less favoured position. Is Bakayo Saka a better left winger than Martinelli. I don't know that he is. I don't know that he is. Now, Saka could drop into the number eight position if they're going to play 4-3-3, and they could go Saka, Partey, and Odegaard. And that's interesting. Could be exciting in certain games. But I don't know how that works. We'll see what happens if they get Rafinha. They may not. Their first offer wasn't a serious offer. They're clearly interested in the player, but his preference is clearly Barcelona so we'll wait and see what happens anyway back to Tottenham Perisic comes in he will start most likely left wing back and my assumption from there is that Regulon will leave I don't see them carrying three left wing backs into the season now they can make the argument that both Regulon and Sessegnon had injury problems last season and that they were forced to play a couple of games with Doherty over there and that's true enough but still, my assumption is one of them will leave, and I would imagine it will be Regulon. He's easier to sell. He'll bring a bigger value. And with Sessegnon, he's so young and so talented that if you can get two good years at a Perisic, then maybe Sessegnon is ready to become first choice in that position. So Perisic, that's fine. They signed Yves Basuma. I think that's a really good get. I think stylistically, that's about perfect for an Antonio Conte midfield to put him in midfield next to Benton Coeur, I think that's a really strong partnership for Tottenham. Fraser Forster, I mean, he is what he is. If he's your third goalkeeper, I think that's fine. If he's there for quota purposes and whatever, but you don't really want him playing a whole lot. But like I say, as your third goalkeeper, yeah, grand. So, starting right wing back, the one they're strongly linked with, and I think he would be a great fit there. It's a higher level of club than they expected him to find this summer, but Jed Spence makes a lot of sense for them. Really good going forward, great athlete, good pace, close mates with Sessegnon. So, he has that going for him as well, someone that he knows that will help him settle in. He is a London boy, 
So he's going home to his family. I think Jed Spence makes all the sense there for them. The central centre-back position, this is to upgrade on Eric Dyer. Now, in that role, Conte has looked for different things over the years. So when he was at Juventus, he played Bonucci there. Barzagli one side, Chiellini the other. Two aggressive defensive players with, you know, real growl about them. Players that did the man-to-man work. Players that did all the dirty work. And Benucci was able to be the ball player, the organizer, the talker. I don't see an ideal fit this summer for that role for them. The assumption I have is that Romero will play right side, the Barzagli role, and they will upgrade left centre-back, and I hope upgrade that middle centre-back role. Now, Conte does seem to quite like Eric Dyer, but it's Eric Dyer. We have seen him for years give false hope to Spurs fans. He's fine as a backup. He's not a starter. Not if you've got ambition to win things. Now, like I say, the the ideal long-term fit just doesn't appear to be there right now. But there is a very obvious upgrade for Spurs in that position. And that's Stefan de Vries of Inter Milan, who Conte managed, played in that middle role for Conte. Isn't the ball player Benucci? Isn't the ball player that David Luiz was at Chelsea either? When it was Aspie one side and Gary Cahill the other side, those two doing the dog work, the defensive work, and Luis kind of free to be a ball player. De Vries is on that level of ball player, but he is a good passer. He does keep things nice and simple. What he really is, is he's an organiser, and he's a talker, and he's a leader. And that's something Spurs lack in defence, is that talker. So Stefan De Vries makes sense for me. He's that bit older. He's 29.30. He's up at a contract next summer. So the, the price won't be prohibitive. The wages, I don't think, would be insane. And if you can get, like with Perisic, two to three good years out of him, and in the interim, find that long-term successor to him, then you're in a great situation. The left-sided centre-back role is tough. Because that role has really developed for Conte, especially when he was at Inter. When he had De Vries as that central player, it was the left-sided role he gave a bit more freedom to in terms of playing out from the back. But Stone was perfect, absolutely perfect. But he's not available this summer. Inter look like they're happy to sell Skriniar if their value is met. And they'll be happy to sell De Vries if the value is met. But Bastoni seems to be untouchable. Him and Barella seem to be the two untouchables at Inter Milan. But there is a great option out there. Now, they've been linked to Evan and Dicker, who's good, not great. They've been linked to Badi Ashile, who's very, very talented, but still raw. The best option out there is Josco Gvardiol, who is a sensational centre-back. Absolutely outstanding he has everything you would want in a modern center back to play on the left side of a three 
He's good on the ball. He's strong in the tackle. He's good in the air. He can ping passes left, right and centre. He can carry the ball into midfield. He can beat a player. He can play in a two. He can play in the middle role in the three long term. You could convert him into that position and find someone else to play left side in a couple of years if that's what you want to do. He can also play left back in a four. So he'll give them flexibility moving forward. Regardless of how long Conte is there or who replaces him, Guardiola will fit into any system. And that's the best case scenario for Spurs. With Bastoni off the, off the list because he's not available, Guardiola is the best available too. And he may well be better than Bastoni long-term. It's possible that he's better than Bastoni long-term. Future starting goalkeeper. I mentioned this fellow when I was talking about Leicester. I would go Alban Lafont, who I just think is an outstanding young goalkeeper. And he had a bit of a rough time, as I mentioned the other, the other day, when he went to Fiorentina. But since going back to Nantes, he's gone from strength to strength. Very, very good this past season. I think he would take that move to go in, learn from Lloris for a year, and then replace him as first choice. I think he'd make that move. And I don't think he'd cost a fortune. And then it's backup striker. Now, Richarlison is the one who's been linked here. I'm trying not to butcher other Premier League teams by taking their best players. So we're going to look elsewhere. But Richarlison's obviously an interesting one in that he can play both centrally to an extent and left side. So he would give you a backup to both Kane and Youngman's son. But I would rather, in the interest of competitive balance across the league, I would rather see him stay where he is. I would rather see him stay at Everton and continue to develop in that team. Because I do think we need the league to be as strong as possible if it's really going to be the best league in the world. The player I would go for, who I know Conte would like, is Giovanni Simeone, who is the son of Diego Simeone. A bustly number nine, who's also proven he can play in a two, can play wide, coming off a really good season for Hellas Verona, who've just made his loan deal from Cagliari permanent with the intention of selling him. He's a good presser. He's dogged in his defensive work from the front. There's parts of his game that need to be improved. His build-up play and link play isn't always great, but he's a very talented player. He is 26, so you are getting what's close to the finished product. But last season in Serie A, in 2,660 minutes, 17 goals and five assists. I think he would make a really good addition for Spurs. And I don't think he would cost an outrageous amount of money. So Giovanni Simeone is who I would go for there. So you get Spence, you get De Vries, you get Guardiol, you get Basuma, obviously. Simeone, For, uh, Fraser Forster, Alban Lafont, and you signed Ivan Perisic. I think that is, that would be an A grade window, in my opinion. 
Gvardiol and Spence and Basuma, immediate upgrades, and DeVry, immediate upgrades on what you have. Lafont, long-term fixture as well. Perisic can be a bridging player until such time as Sessegnon is ready, or you know he's not going to be ready. I think that would be a great window for Spurs if they could make it happen. I also think they'd just be better off signing someone like Simeone and putting that 20 million or 30 million difference in the cost of him versus Richarlison into another area of the team, such as into signing Albin Lafont and potentially De because that could be 30 million could get you the, the two of them. So, what do they need more? Richarlison with his 10 goals a season, which would drop coming off the bench, or a proven top end centre back and one of the best young goalkeepers in world football. I think it's a fairly straightforward choice. I wouldn't trust Paratici as far as I could throw him, but I do think it's an easy enough choice to make. Uh, Right, moving on then to Watford. Now, when I did this, I worked under the assumption that Chucha Hernandez was going to stay and that Zinkernagel could stay. Both of them have been sold. But I can't be bothered going through more and more signings for Watford because well, they're Watford and they've been relegated. I have them down needing a starting centre-back, another starting centre-back, a starting central midfielder, and a backup right wing-back, potentially a starting right wing-back, depending on, you know, how they view current players that they have. Now, let's start with that wing-back position. They do, at the minute, possess Ngakia, who they signed from West Ham a couple of years ago. And I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he's decent defensively. He's quick. He's got a bit of ability on the ball, not massive amounts, but I do think he's a decent player. Made 16 appearances in the Premier League last year, and I thought he was the better right back of those that were trotted out in that position. They've got to look for someone who's attack-minded. They've got to look for someone that can give them something in the final third. But at the same time, it can't be someone who's going to cost them enormous amounts of money. So I would rule out like an Isaiah Jones because I don't think they could really afford in the championship to go and spend 12 or 14 million on a right wing back when they do already have a couple of players capable of filling in in that position. Now, one option for them could be Festi Ibusele, who was signed by Udinese from Derby to move this summer. Now, they obviously own Udinese. I don't think he's going to be a starter for them this coming year. When I say what they own, I mean the same family own Watford and Udinese. And Festi, I think, needs games right now. 
And I do wonder if it might make more sense to loan him to Watford and have him play regularly rather than have him sitting on the bench and playing a thousand minutes across the year at Udinese. I think it would help boost his value a lot more if he was playing for for Watford than if he was playing in a team like Udinese or and, and not playing in that team. So I'd go Festi Obaselli as the right wing back to bring in. I think he's a perfect fit in that role. It suits him down to the ground. He's super talented. I think he makes sense for them. Starting central midfielder, I think they should go to Derby, who are in trouble, obviously, and bring in Jason Knight. Jason Knight is a very, very talented player who is definitely too good to play in League One. Uh, He's a starter for the Irish team. He is our only midfielder that I've any time for. Uh, I I don't mind Malumbi, but I do think Jason Knight makes a lot of sense for Watford. He's good on the ball. He brings drive. He brings aggression. I think Jason Knight could make a lot of sense. Centre-backs. This is always difficult because if you've followed Watford for the last decade or if you've listened to me and Kevin DeVry do our transfer window wrap-ups for the last five or six years, you will know that every single time the window ends, we ask, why, oh why, have Watford not signed a central defender? Now, they did sign Samir, and I think he's good enough to start for them. They do have young Matty Pollock, but I do think he's probably he's probably not quite there yet in terms of being starter quality. So I think they need to go out and find someone who can come in and start immediately. It's not easy. It's not easy. You've got to find good value. Uh, You've got to find players that can step up a level because Watford obviously have the ambition to be back in the Premier League. They're not just looking at this as, well, we're in the championship and that's where we're staying. They want to be back in the Premier League in a year. So signings they make this summer, they need to be looking at them and thinking, can they play in the Premier League next season? Are they of that level? And if they're not, then they should probably swerve them. Because the last thing you want to do is go out, buy a player this summer, and then have to go and rebuy for that position next summer. Now, I say the last thing. This is Watford we're talking about. So they may quite enjoy doing bizarre things like that. I would take a look if it was me at Chris Meffin. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Chris Meffin, 
But I do think if you put him in the middle of a back three, I think he would do quite well. Like I say, not a big fan, but I know he can play in the Premier League to an extent. And I think in a back three, you can hide him that bit more. The other one I would sign is someone they've actually had before. It's Ben Wilmot. I didn't understand why they sold him in the first place. I do quite like Ben Wilmot. And I would go for him. And I think if you can get Ibosel in on loan, I think you could buy Knight, Methman, Wil- and Wilmot for in and around 12 million. Knight, I think you'll get quite cheap. Wilmot, I don't think will cost huge money. And I think a Wilmot, Metham, Samir back three is pretty strong. And then you go Ibaselli one wing or one wing back. Kamara the other side. Loser and Nice. And then I would have said Zinkernagel, but they've sold him. So they can sort that out. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of the Watford business. That is the last I want to talk about Watford for the foreseeable. Uh, moving on, West Ham United. So I had them needing seven players. Starting goalkeeper, starting left back, starting centre back, starting striker, two backup central midfielders and a backup right winger. Now. It looks like what they're aiming to do is actually sign a starting left winger. Arnaud Danjuma is heavily linked now to West Ham. They're in talks with Villarreal, apparently, according to the ex-West Ham United employee. They are in talks to sign Arnaud Danjuma. He's obviously a very good player. Is it a position of need? No, it's not. They have Fornals, they have Vlasic, Ben Rama can play there. But at the same time, as a left winger, he's better than any of them. So you bring him in on the left, and now Ben Rama, Fornals, and Vlasic can play across the other three positions, and you've still got Lanzini. So if they sign Dan Juma, they don't need a backup right winger. Now, they're still also in the mix for Jesse Lingard. My expectation is they'll sign one or the other. I don't. I had this discussion yesterday with some West Ham fans, and I said, if you've got Bowen right, Dan Juma left, and you buy a striker, or you've got Antonio, the 10 you want is Fornals. You want someone that can dictate play can move the defence around, has really good passing and is a clever player, will do a lot of the thinking for the other players. Some West Ham fans said Jesse Lingard's a better player. He's not. In no way, shape or form is Jesse Lingard a better player than Pablo Fernandes. Jesse Lingard in his entire career is in one good run. There's no fans in the stands, so I don't want to hear about it. Lingard has been bang average most of his career. Fornals, in my view, is one of West Ham's better players. And I think if he's played in that 10 role with three goal scorers around him, plus Suchek and Rice behind, I think that is absolutely excellent. Now, I did see one weird fella suggest they should sign Ward-Prowse 
to replace Suchak, which I think it might be the worst shout I've heard all summer so far. That's an awful shout. But if they sign Danjuma, they don't need that backup right winger. They can just make it work the rest of the way. There's no natural replacement for Bowen, but such is life. Starting goalkeeper, Ariola is the one that makes all the sense for them. That deal apparently is, is basically done as well. Uh, they had the option to buy, having had him on loan. And he's a very good goalkeeper. So Alphonse Ariola makes sense there. Uh, Agard, they brought in. He fills the centre-back spot, so they don't need to worry about that. They do need a starting left-back in that defence, though. So Moyes likes his full-backs to attack. That's been a career-long thing with David Moyes. He likes left-backs and right, well, left-backs and right-backs who can get forward, who can provide good service to his number nine. So, where do they go? They've had Cresswell and Masuaka the last couple of years. Cresswell's past his best. He's no longer good enough to start in the Premier League for a club that has ambition to get into the Champions League. And Masuaka is injury-prone. He's not really a left-back. He's a winger who got converted. And he's not very good, for being honest. He's not very good. He's, he, he's good in the overall scheme of things. Like, he's better than the best kid that went to your school. But in relative terms, in terms of teams that want to get into the Champions League, he's not very good. So they need a left-back. I think the obvious one is Tagliafico. I think he just makes a lot of sense for them. Now, he is a little bit on the older side. I think he's 29 now. But, yeah, he is 29. He'll be 30 this year. But he's really good. Strong going forward. Good delivery. I think he makes a lot of sense for them. He has been linked to Manchester United. And if United were to sign him, well, then what I would suggest to West Ham is to go and sign Alex Tellis, who's a lot better than he showed at Manchester United last season, or a lot better than he was allowed to show at Manchester United last season. And Tellez is the same age, same kind of profile, probably cost a little bit less than Tagliafico. But I would go Tagliafico until he's not available anymore. Uh, starting striker the name doing the rounds is Armando Broja and it's a name that makes sense he fits the style he fits what they want to do he's the right age profile you can rotate him with Antonio he could play with Antonio he makes a lot of sense for them and if they can get him well first of all it would be stupidity by Chelsea to sell but if they can sign him he would just make so much sense for West Ham now, my concern with West Ham here is they've spent 30 million on Agard. They're going to spend 10 million on Ariola. That's 40 million. I would imagine, I would imagine Broya will cost somewhere in the region of 35 million. And if they're in for Danjuma, that's another 35 million or so. That takes us to 110 million pounds and doesn't fill the left-back spot or those two backup central midfielders that they desperately need. Because if you remember last season, they fell apart at the end of the year 
because they had no depth in central midfield. Do West Ham have that type of money to spend this summer? I know they got a new owner, but Golden Sullivan still controlled the football club. They still own 63% of the football club. He owns 27%. And the other 10% is owned by friends of Golden Sullivan. So they do have the power and the majority of the voting rights of the club. So are they going to back David Moyes to the extent of 150, 160 million? As much as I'd like to think they will, I have a hard time seeing it because their track record suggests they won't. Their track record suggests they will find ways to cheap out because that's what they've always done. They are largely, largely terrible owners. And they really shouldn't be owning a club, an institution like West Ham United. And hopefully this new owner, uh, Krutinsky, the Czech, can find ways to buy up more of the club and get them gone. Because, um, like I say, they don't deserve the opportunity to own a football club uh, like West Ham United. But anyway, moving on from that little tangent. Broya in, Taglifique in. We're going to mark Dan Juma down as the backup right winger because he is a very good player. And uh, he can, obviously, like I said, he'd start on the left for them. And a, a front six of Suchek Rice, Bowen, Fornals, Dan Juma, Broya. That is, that's really good. That's really, really good. Is it good enough for top four? Possibly not. But there would be solid depth behind it in the front four in the shape of Antonio, Vlasic if he sticks around, Benrama if he stays, Lanzini if he stays. That's really strong. And obviously they could afford to sell one of those and get some money back in if they do bring in uh, Jesse Lingard, which is just not a move that I would make personally. Um. So they've got to fill the two backup midfield roles as well. That's got to be next then uh, after these other more exciting deals get done. So Rice and Suchek, they're both basically defensive midfielders. Now Rice has a bit more to his game, obviously, and plays like a box-to-box role, offers a lot in every phase of the game. So he's a tough one to find a proper backup for. With Suchek, he is a lamppost. He's a, a sitting holding midfielder. It's what he does. And he's very, very good at it. But Rice is a bit more difficult to pin down. Now, if we're looking for backup midfielders, one of the best things to do for West Ham, especially... Like I said, if there is a pinch on the budget, is to start looking around at players who are running out of contract next next summer. If if you can't get it, there's no one really on the market. I don't think that they could get this summer. Grillich would be one, but I think he's going somewhere else. So maybe you start to look around for players who are out of contract next summer, experienced players who might be open to a move to the Premier League and might come in at relatively decent fees. 
Now, one player I would look at is William Carvalho of Real Betis. At a contract next summer, exceptional experience, was arguably the best player on the team that won the 2016 European Championships. Now, I know it's six years ago, but it still speaks to the quality that he offers. He could be one option for them. And as a backup to Suchek, he wouldn't be, wouldn't be out of place. It's definitely a role he could fill for you. If you wanted a more English type of player, I mean, would you look at Nathaniel Chalaba? I mean, would he, would he be an option out of Fulham? Potentially. I would go William Carvalho. I think he brings experience. I think he's played at the highest level, something that West Ham haven't always experienced. I mean, none of these players have really been in the Champions League and certainly not with West Ham. So someone like William Carvalho could just bring a little bit of nous and a little bit of calm to a dressing room of knowing what's needed in the biggest games. For the other role, as sort of the backup to, uh, to Rice, I mean, like I said, he, he does play sort of a wide-ranging role where he does a little bit of everything and likes to carry the ball and be aggressive. Now, this player hasn't been linked to them, but he has been linked with a move away from his current club. He currently plays for Rangers. And Joe Aribo is out of contract next summer. And I think he's a very good player. Now, he's not got Rice's defensive mentality, but he is a good all-rounder. This past season, he got nine goals and 10 assists. That's something that you could add into a, into a squad and get good results from. And he obviously played in a Rangers team that did very well in the Europa League, did better than West Ham in the Europa League. I would say Joe Aribo. I think you'd get him at a decent price. Ariola, Tagliafico, Broya, Dan Juma, and Aribo is what I would do for West Ham. And that then brings us on to our final club, which is Wolverhampton Wanderers. And I have them needing quite a bit, actually. Six players, five of them. I have 10 as starters. That's a lot, obviously. I'm aware that that's a lot for them to bring in in one go, especially with ownership that aren't always um, or haven't always been the most forthcoming with funds like they weren't last season. Now, I had hoped they'd keep Trinkio. They have not. Uh, they have not found a deal to bring in or to, to get rid of Adama Traore either. So, you know, lots to do for Wolves. Um, so let's start. We've got them. I've got them down as needing 
two starting centre-backs, a starting defensive midfielder, a starting right winger, a starting striker, and a backup goalkeeper because John Ruby left. Um, it may well be they have to replace Ruben Neves, but we will cross that bridge when we come to it. We know that Ruben Venegra has left. They got $9 million for him. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, Romain Seiss is gone. He has gone to Besiktas. John Ruddy is gone. Markal is gone. He's not really uh, much of a loss. They've loaned out Kiana Hoiver. They've loaned out Ryan Giles. And they've loaned out um, Bendigez Bola, uh, young Hungarian. So, uh, starting centre-backs. I think the only one they have that actually works as a starter is Max Kilman. I think, ideally, they would rather move to a back four because I think that's better suited to what Bruno Lage wants to do. But uh, we're going to go on the basis that they're going to stick to a back three. Um I think they should sign David Carmel. I think he's got a massive, massive ceiling. He is super talented, really aggressive, good in the air, good on the ball, good 1v1, good recovery pace. He would be expensive. You're talking probably 30 million for him. But I think he makes a lot of sense for him. I think he's the type of defender who can come in who could go in there and really do a good job in that in that Wolves defence. You put him on one side and Max Kilman on the other, and I think you've boxed off the two flanking roles in that defence. The central role, obviously, is Connor Cody. Now, if they move to a four, they don't need to address this. But I do think Cody needs to be upgraded on. I think it is about time that they moved on. But not that they have to move on from him. He can still be a good squad player. But he does limit them in terms of what they're capable of doing. Now, I know he's an England international, and I, I really don't care that he's an England international, to be honest. It means absolutely nothing to me that he plays for England. Because when I see the type of defenders who get called up into that England squad, such as, you know... Tyron Mings and Connor Cody, it does lower the bar of what we're looking at with the England squad. Um, I would bring in Issa Diop, personally. That's a bit left field. He hasn't always impressed for West Ham, but he's only 25. And I don't think he would cost a fortune. And I think with West Ham having, you know, quite a lot that they want to do this summer, I think he's the one centre-back who could be expendable. Because Ogbonna will come back. They've got Dawson. They've got Zuma. Now they've got Agard. Diop, I think, could be available. And if you can get him and play 
him and Carmel either side of Kilman, move Kilman into that middle role, I think that's a strong back three. Then you've got Semedo and you've got Aiden Uri. Starting defensive midfielder, they're in for Joe Polinia. I think he's perfect. I do think he's perfect for them. Um, and I wouldn't go for anyone else. Unless he turns them down to take the move to Fulham, I would suggest that that's exactly who they should be targeting. Um, starting right winger. See, again, you don't want to be spending massive amounts of money because that massive amounts of money just might not be there. But we have to work on the assumption that at some point Wolves will spend money again because they did spend money for a couple of years. And then obviously the pandemic happened, the Chinese government tightened regulations on finances and money being kept overseas and whatever else. But I think they need to get a right winger and a striker. And I don't really think they can afford to skimp hugely on them. The striker I would look at, I mean, ideally you're looking at someone that will get them goals. Because the issue with Jimenez is he doesn't get enough goals. The issue with Wang is he doesn't get enough goals. And the issue with Fabio Silva, other than he's not ready for the Premier League, is there's just not enough goals there. So you've got to start looking around who's going to be able to come in and get us 15 goals in the league. Who's capable of doing that right now that's attainable for Wolves? And you start to look around the main leagues in Europe and there's not a huge list of players who look like they would be capable of doing it. There really isn't. You know, you can look at players like, say, Anthony Modeste. He's a player I think will be a good fit there, but he's 34. So he doesn't really make sense for them. Now, did I? See, my memory is not great. I'm missing one of my slips. Everton leads. No, I didn't. Oh, I did. I sent him to Aston Villa. I was going to say Yusuf N. Naziri is one that I would, I think would make sense, but I, I have placed him lovingly at Aston Villa. So he's out. Somebody of that nature, I think, is what is ideally needed here. And could you take a gamble on Casper Dahlberg with his talent and hope that he finds the best version of himself after a couple of years of not really bothering. I don't think it's worth the risk. 
could you take a look at Veghorst and hope that he's better than he was for Burnley? Possibly, but it doesn't really move the needle for you. You could take a look at a player who's probably out of your range, but Schumacher, Schumacher from uh, Sassuolo, he's probably not going to make that move. Could you get Marco Arnautovic and bring him back to Premier League? Is he the right answer? Again, probably not. You know, signing a striker for a mid-table club is difficult because A, they're limited in terms of money, or B, they're limited in terms of the appeal that they have to other clubs. Now, one player who might be open to the move, because he has spoken about his desire to play in the Premier League, and all interest from top clubs seems to have dried up, is Jonathan David of Lille. He was been linked to Arsenal and Spurs and United and Liverpool and all of that seems to have just disappeared. So could you make a run at him? Could you get Moussa Dembele from Lyon? Now he signed for Lyon on a five-year contract. They loaned him in 2018. They loaned him to Atletico Madrid last season. They were happy to try and move him on. And it didn't work out from an Atletico. He's at a contract next summer. I think Moussa Dembele is the answer here. Don't think he cost huge money and he's a proven goal scorer. I would go Moussa Dembele as the striker to come in. I think could make a pretty big impact for Wolves and get them the goals that they do lack. Now, that leaves us... Oh, the other thing about Moussa Dembele is he's also a homegrown player. So he does count as homegrown. He was at Fulham for four years before his 21st birthday. So he does count as homegrown. And... Fitting with Wolves, he's one that you can develop and sell at a profit. Um, backup goalkeeper, I mean, Jose Saab uh, was excellent last season. Surprised an awful lot of people, including myself, with his performances and the level he, he showed himself to be capable of. You're replacing John Ruddy. Why not just go and get Ben Foster? And that's largely because I can't be bothered to think of somebody else. Um, let's do right wing then. So if they'd been smart a few years ago, they would have Pedro Concalves. And a Concalves, Musa Dembele, Pedro Neto front three would be a lot of fun. I also think they should have tried to keep Trinca. I know he didn't have the best season, but if Barcelona are currently willing to let him join Sporting for a two-year loan with an obligation to buy for 20 million. I'm sorry, that's a deal you have to make. It's a deal you have to make. But they didn't. Um, again, from this position, I think you're sort of looking for 
goals. I think you've got to be trying to get more goals into this Wolves team because they've just been a disaster in front of goal for the last couple of years. And we know that Concalves was there, didn't work out, they moved him on, and it, it came back to bite them quite badly. But it showed that they do have the capability of finding players at a young age who could pop and become something special. You look at Vitinha, they had him in on loan. Now, they brought him in on loan with the idea of moving to a 4-2-3-1 and having him and Pedence competing for that number 10 position. They had to go away from that because the defence didn't work with a back four. And uh, he was the one that sort of slipped through the cracks. And now he's away to PS, PSG for 40 million or something, whereas Wolves could have bought him for 18 million. Um, so that's a little bit disappointing for them. Um, but it, again, it shows that they can identify players and get good players into the club at a young age before they sort of start to really make their mark elsewhere. I would suggest the one to go for, who's not a big name, but has had some really, really impressive seasons, is Ricardo Huerta of Braga. Now, he is 27, so he's a bit older than your typical Wolf signing. He's also predominantly a left winger, but you can easily move Neto to the right. Neto coming in onto his left foot, Porta coming in onto his right foot could give you the balance that you want. He's been around a bit. He was at Benfica. He's in their academy. He went to uh, Vitoria. He went to Malaga. Malaga loaned him to Braga, and then Braga picked him up on a free. I, I think he's a really good player. And like I said, he's had a couple of great seasons. This past season, 23 goals and 49. The year before, 15 and 48. The year before, 24 in 54. That's as a winger. That's impressive. He's double figures every season for the last five years with Braga. And the season before that, he had nine and 44 for them. So when he plays regularly, he has proven he can score goals. His buyout clause is 30 million euro. Which isn't prohibitive, really. It's it's not it's not terrible. I think that's who I would go for. I mean, looking around, there's not a whole lot of great options for them. Then you know, in terms of someone that can come in and get you goals, there's just not a, a bunch of great options. They could try for Concalves again. They already had him once. Why not try and bring him back? Um, would he be open to the move? I don't know. And he didn't have as good a season this past year. But he did have a lot of injuries that he played through. Um, I would go Porta because I think the calls to be more effective. Um, yeah, and that is it. That is our four teams for today. West Ham, Watford, Spurs and Wolves or Spurs, Watford, West Ham and Wolves, as we did them. Right, I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we've got the news and the gossip. 
and uh, I'll see you in a sec. Right, welcome back. So, over the weekend, some stuff happened. Gareth Bale signed a one-year contract with Los Angeles FC. I had hoped he'd go to Cardiff because I thought it would be a more interesting story. But he is going to LAFC. One-year deal. They're hoping that it will be longer than that. He's currently 32. There's been a lot of reports that he'll retire after the World Cup, but maybe he'll just enjoy the lifestyle in LA and he'll decide to uh, to stick around. So, you know, fair play to him. Good to see him moving on from Real Madrid. West Ham have made Jesse Lingard an offer to return to the club. Talked with this a bit earlier. Uh, apparently Newcastle also in the mix for him. I wouldn't be a big Lingard fan. He did score nine and 16 starts for West Ham on his loan, but that is a complete outlier to the rest of his career. If they sign him, fine. But if it costs them Vlasic or something, I just think long-term, that's a move you can regret. Uh, Fulham have made a nine, sorry, an 8.6 million pound offer for Manchester United midfielder, Andreas Pereira. Fulham do need a number 10 type of creator, having lost Fabio Carvalho. And he does make sense. And it, it would be really nice to see him get a proper run in the Premier League and actually see what he's capable of. Because when he was a youngster, when United signed him back in 2014, I think they signed him from PSV Eindhoven, he was like the most hyped young player at the time. There was talk that he was going to be a Brazilian international. He was going to be a Belgian international because he was born in Belgium. You could pick between the two. PSV, he was absolutely loved. I'm wrong. He actually signed for United in 2011 as a 15-year-old. That's when he was hyped. He got into the United first team in 2014, uh, which is eight years ago, and he's played 45 Premier League games in that time. Now, in one season, he did play 25 times, but he didn't get the minutes of someone that would play 25 times. And United finished third with him playing fairly regularly. So, you know, he clearly wasn't a negative impact player. Um, 18 starts, often subbed off, seven sub appearances coming on. He's one I do think would make a lot of sense for Fulham. At that kind of price as well, that's good business. Arsenal have finally announced the signing of Matt Turner, the American goalkeeper joining from uh, New England Revolution. They had him done and dusted in January, basically. It's just taken till now for the deal to go through. Very highly regarded, 28 years of age. He says he's coming over to compete for that first team spot. And a couple of people I spoke to who've watched a lot of him both in MLS and for the U.S. men's national team, 
They say he could well challenge Aaron Ramsdale for the starting spot in this Arsenal team. I know a lot of Arsenal fans think, think Ramsdale is you know, one of the better goalkeepers in the league, but the numbers don't suggest that he is. Good news on the Derby front. Well, bad news and then good news. So Wayne Rooney stepped down over the weekend and he will no longer be Derby County manager. Uh, Liam Rossinger is the interim manager for now. We'll wait and see what happens permanently. But David Close, who is a local property developer, has had his bid to buy Derby accepted and hopes to complete the purchase of the club on Wednesday. He announced his intention to try and take the Rams out of administration on Friday after buying Pride Park from Derby owner Mel Morris. So he will own the job lot. This is really good news. Now, I don't know anything about this man. I don't know if he has the type of money needed to make them a Premier League team at any point. But he has reportedly a significant net wealth that will stabilise the club, get them back on an even keel and allow them to start rebuilding. Because what's happened there over the last few years is absolutely horrible. And it's not just affected the last few years. It has had a huge effect on their future. They've lost six or seven really, really high-end talents who've been plucked off by Premier League clubs who otherwise, for, for minimal fees, who otherwise would have stayed at Derby, gotten first-team football, and gone for three, four, five million, as opposed to three or four hundred thousand. Um, hopefully, this gentleman is the right owner. They obviously had interest from Mike Ashley and a few other people, but hopefully, this guy with his ties to the area, the fact that he is a fan of the club, hopefully that inspires him to do this the right way. It'd be great to see Derby back on an even keel. It's horrible to see any football club go through what they've been through. Mel Morris should be ashamed of himself. Everybody involved in what happened should be ashamed of himself. And these administrators, uh, Quantumu, Quantoma, whatever they're called, they should be ashamed of themselves as well. Their handling of this has been absolutely appalling. And the fact that their preferred bidder turned out to be a complete spoofer who didn't have the money to buy his own lunch, let alone buy a football club, just shows that they're not in it for the good of the football club. They're in it for the good of themselves, making millions and millions of pounds off the suffering of a club. Uh, we've got a BBC quiz here. Can you name these potential Premier League targets? Uh, this defender has been strongly linked with a move to Chelsea. It's a picture of Jules Kunde. So it's Jules Kunde. Um Could this winger f follow Eric Ten Hag to Manchester United? It is a picture of Anthony, so the answer is Anthony. Liverpool have been touted as a possible destination for this Spain and Real Madrid forward. That is Asensio. Hasn't signed a new contract at Barcelona and could be heading to Chelsea. That is Usman Dembele. This 20-year-old French striker, that is Hugo Ekitiki. Uh, Dutch midfielder, that is Frankie de Jong. 
Manchester United, Chelsea and Tottenham all been linked with this player that is Yannick Carrasco. This PSV winger that is Cody Gakpo. Arsenal and Newcastle are keen on this Napoli midfielder that is Fabian Ruiz, who I believe I did pick as one of my potential Newcastle targets. Uh, this Serie A player, whose first name is the city he plays in, has been linked to Chelsea and Spurs, that is Milan Skriniar. There we go, 10 out of 10 in one minute and 38 seconds. That's great radio. Uh, moving on then to the gossip. Uh, Liverpool are cons- considering selling Mo Salah. No. Arsenal have reached an agreement to sign Gabriel Jesus. That looks like it should be done over the next couple of days. Contract is agreed, a bit medical and paperwork now. 45 million. It's a lot of money for a fella who's not really a number nine that you're going to play as your number nine, who doesn't really have the goal return that you'd want from a number nine. But he is a very good player. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the Netherlands midfielder Ginny Wijnaldum will be allowed to leave PSG this summer. Leicester, Everton, Wolves and West Ham are keeping a close eye on the situation. West Ham are the only one there that has a real chance of getting Ginny Wijnaldum uh, because they can offer European football. Um, Chelsea have approached Juventus to discuss a possible deal for Matthias Delict. Uh, David Ornstein reported over the weekend, and I'm sure it's going to be here somewhere, that Chelsea chairman Todd Bowley met with George Mendes over the weekend on a private jet to discuss Cristiano Ronaldo and the possibility of Chelsea signing Cristiano Ronaldo. And if you've been listening over the last few weeks, I have been saying they're going to make splashy signings, not necessarily big money ones, but sort of big attention ones. Usman Dembele would be one. Cristiano would be another. Neither of them will be particularly good signings, but it is what it is. Uh, also news out of Chelsea, Peter Cech is leaving the club. His role as a technical director comes to an end on June the 30th, and uh, he will move on. Todd Bowley is cleaning house. Top to bottom, cleaning house. Maybe taking out dissenting voices. Uh, maybe taking out the voices that could help him. Chelsea's Hakim Ziyech has handed in a transfer request while AC Milan have opened talks over a move for the Moroccan winger. Nothing coming out of the UK about a transfer request, but it would make sense that he'd want to move on. Newcastle, Everton and Aston Villa are all showing interest in Thomas Suchek, whose future at West Ham is in doubt as he haggles over a new deal. Pay the man his money. Bayern Munich... Director Hassan Salihamidzic says there is no truth in rumours that the Bundesliga club want to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, No smart club would want to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. Leeds and Brazil winger Rafinha has turned down offers from the Premier League clubs because he wants to join Barcelona. I do believe his preference is Barcelona, but unless they get those finances sorted, they're going to miss on him. Um, Chelsea will listen to offers for Kepa. I would imagine they will not be good offers. Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel has been promised as many as six signings. Right. Manchester United and Ralph Rangnick agreed to cut ties because Eric Ten Hag didn't want to work with him. Fair. Atletico Madrid are interested in signing Hector Bellerin. 
Uh, I, I have doubts. Barcelona are hoping Tottenham can convince Clement Langley to move to the Premier League. Why would Tottenham want Clement Langley, who's not a Champions League caliber centre back? He's a decent centre back and he is going to make an appearance tomorrow. Let me tell you, he is making an appearance tomorrow on this podcast. Um, but no, he wouldn't be. He's not good enough for Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham and Middlesbrough are yet to agree a fee on Jed Spence. Anthony was missing as IX resumed pre-season training on Friday. Is he going on strike? Is he showing off a personality that really isn't what United could use right now? Possibly. Slovakia defender Milan Skriniar has agreed to join PSG from Inter Milan. That's all well and good, but PSG have not agreed a fee with Inter Milan. David Beckham has spoken to Arturo Vidal about the prospect of signing for Inter Miami when he leaves Inter Milan. Club Bruges chose not to offer a trial to Andy Carroll because they saw him play football. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain have reached an agreement with Nice over Christopher, uh, sorry, Christophe Galtier. Bear in mind, they have publicly played out their chase for a new manager. Openly discussed the fact that they are trying to hire Christophe Galtier while still employing Maurizio Pochettino as their manager. Pochettino is still PSG manager. The level of disrespect is unlike anything I've ever seen. And if you're a manager and that shower approach you, run, run far away. Uh, Chelsea are thought to be open to adding Timo Werner into a swap deal for Matthias Delict. Chiesa, Vlahovic, Werner as a front three? It's not bad. I still don't think Juventus will do that deal, though. Uh, there we go. Manchester United and, and Portugal forward Cristiano Ronaldo was one of the topics discussed when Todd Bowley met with George Mendes. Roma are keen to sign Ronaldo and you reunite him with Jose Mourinho. I think those two fell out when they were at Real Madrid. Uh, so I don't believe that that's true. Ronaldo could be headed home to Portugal after Sporting Lisbon sounded him out over a return home. No. Manchester United are growing increasingly confident of landing Frankie de Jong. Does he want the move, though? United face being plunged into £1 billion of debt if they go ahead with plans to redevelop Old Trafford. Well, you hardly thought the Glazers were going to pay for it out of their pockets. That'll all be just lumbered onto the club. Uh, Porto expect Liverpool to firm up their interest in Otavio. Um, Neil Jones has reported that there's no interest in Otavio from Liverpool. Arsenal are to step up their efforts to sign Rafinha. Um, Right. We'll wait and see. The first offer wasn't a real offer. Dismissed out of hand. So, you know, Leeds won 65 million. And Leeds won't really budge. So, you know, Arsenal offering 25 million is only going to get their backs up. If the next offer is 35 million, that might be the end of conversation as far as Leeds go. Juventus and Paris Saint-Germain have opened talks over a deal for Neymar. 
No, they haven't. Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel has made contact with Raheem Sterling amid interest in the London club. It does look like that's a, a possibility. Raheem would be another splashy signing. Uh, again, he wouldn't be hugely expensive because he's only got a year left in his contract. Chelsea want both Sterling and Usman Dembele. Nottingham Forest are closing in on deals for Nico Williams and Morgan Gibbs-White. I'm surprised Wolves are selling Morgan Gibbs-White. But Gibbs-White makes a ton of sense for Norwich. Or for, for not Forest. A ton of sense for Forest. He's worked under Steve Cooper before at Swansea. He had a great season last year with Sheffield United. He's a huge talent. That's a silly move by Wolves. Everton and Tottenham are continuing their talks over the potential transfer of Harry Winks. Malcolm Ibui turned down a chance to join Manchester United in favour of a move from Crystal Palace. He's one of the Derby kids that's super talented that they're losing for what will be a nominal fee as opposed to the millions they could have got had they been able to keep him, develop him a bit more, get him in the first team, get him minutes, show what he can do, and then attract Premier League clubs from there. Uh, Jed Spence is asked to leave Middlesbrough, but no deal has yet been agreed with Tottenham. Leeds are preparing a £26 million bid for Charles de Catelier, who I love. I think that's that would be a great signing for Leeds. He can play as a 10 he can play as a nine. He can play out wide in the right. He can play in central midfield. He can do everything. I, I love that one. Bayern Munich are refusing to take Barcelona's calls about Robert Lewandowski. That's the mature way to do things. Wales midfielder Aaron Ramsey's hopes of leaving Juventus this summer have taken a blow with, I can't even pronounce the name, Fatai. Kara Gumruk, boss, Andrea Pirlo, saying he has given up on signing the player. Uh, so this is obviously the new club that Pirlo has gone to manage. Um, they finished eighth in the league last season and then appointed Andrea Pirlo. That doesn't seem like a smart move. That doesn't seem like a smart move at all. To, to do well in a, in a season and then appoint Andrea Pirlo. Um, isn't Ramsey out of contract this summer? He can't possibly have any more years left on that deal. He does. He's another year left. Oh, no. Oh, Paratici had a proper stinker with this deal. 400 grand a week and him bang average. He's only good for Wales. No one else should want to touch him. Um... My assumption is Juventus will just loan him for a year and just get rid of him. Uh, former Everton midfielder James Rodriguez is keen to play again in Europe. He hasn't played in Europe in years. He's been in Europe. He doesn't do anything. He just walks about. Samuel Umtiti will leave Barcelona this summer with Girona and a number of Serie A clubs. G Girona for Samuel Umtiti, who three years ago was one of the eight best centre-backs in the world. And he's only 28. Like, I know he's had injuries, and I know the contract situation is why Barca weren't playing him. But he can still play. He is still a good defender. Uh, Real Madrid and Spain forward Marco Asensio and midfielder Danny Ceballos are expected to leave the club this summer. Uh, why they ever signed Danny Ceballos, I don't know. 
Sensio hasn't been the same since the knee injury. This, this is brilliant. This is the lie of the weekend. Manchester United have rejected an attempt from Barcelona to sign England centre-back Harry Maguire as part of a deal to bring Netherlands midfielder Frankie de Jong to Old Trafford. The only circumstance, and I do mean the only circumstance, under which Barcelona would want to sign Harry Maguire is if they decided to go carbon neutral, get rid of their lawnmowers, and have Harry Maguire go out and eat the grass on the pitch in place of cows. That is the only circumstance under which Barcelona would want slabhead. Gabriel Jesus has agreed a five-year deal with Arsenal. Liverpool are confident of signing Jude Bellingham. That's a misplaced confidence, I think. West Ham are interested in James Ward-Prowse. It just makes no sense. It just makes no sense. Uh, Jesse Lingard, yada, yada. Denmark midfielder Christian Eriksen is close to making a decision on his future. I think he's going to go to Brentford. I think he's going back to Brentford. West Ham, excuse me, West Ham have approached Villarreal about Danjuma. Bayern Munich won £52 million to sell Robert Lewandowski. I think it's it's probably a fair price. I know he's 33, but look at his goal record. Um, Eric Ten Hag could have just 100 million to rebuild the club this summer. Just 100 million. Tottenham have inquired about Josco Guardiol. That's a good move. Uh, Crystal Palace are confident of securing a deal for Lenz. Midfielder, check to Curry, who'd be a great signing. Manchester United defender Brandon Williams is surplus to requirements at Old Trafford and could be available for 10 million. He'd be a really good signing for any Premier League club, whether it's a bottom half club looking for a starting fullback or a top half club club looking for a depth fullback. Brandon Williams makes a lot of sense. Can play both sides. Very, very comfortable both sides. Good on the ball, quick, aggressive, feisty. Yeah. Um, Atletico Madrid are keeping tabs on Celtics Croatian defender Josip Jaranovic. Um, why would be my answer? I like him for Celtic, but I don't think he's Atletico Madrid caliber. I really don't. Monaco are chasing Torino and Italy striker, excuse me, Andrea Bellotti. He's on a free. So I'd imagine there'll be a lot of clubs interested. Sadio Mane's agent has denied the Senegalese forward left Liverpool to join Bayern Munich because he wasn't earning enough money. He left because he wanted a new challenge, but Liverpool also weren't going to give him a new contract. So it made sense for all parties for him to move on this summer. Leeds have identified Tyler Adams and Mohamed Kamara as replacements for Calvin Phillips, who looks set to join Man City. Um, Adams is the one I would imagine they get. Kamara's really good. And in fact, if I was Crystal Palace and I was signing Decoure, I'd probably also look at trying to sign Kamara, get them both in. Two immensely talented young midfielders who know each other really well. They were born a couple of days apart in the same city. They grew up together. They played in the same youth team. They played together for Mali, and they could develop a palace together into an outstanding pairing. Uh, But Tyler Adams makes sense for 
Leeds, and also interesting that Leeds only appear to be scouting the Red Bull organization this year. Uh, Angel Di Maria, whose contract at PSG expires at the end of June, is close to move to Juventus. And Manchester United and Portugal striker Cristiano Ronaldo has rejected a move to Inter Miami. Um, no one cares. Rightio, that is it. That's me for today, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.